section twenty two of a sentimental journey through france and italy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by martin geeson a sentimental journey through france and italy by lawrence stern section twenty two the act of charity paris the man who either disdains or fears to walk up a dark entry may be an excellent good man and fit for a hundred things but he will not do to make a good sentimental traveller i count little of the many things i see pass at broad noonday in large and open streets nature is shy and hates to act before spectators but in such an unobserved corner you sometimes see a single short scene of hers worth all the sentiments of a dozen french plays compounded together and yet they are absolutely fine and whenever i have a more brilliant affair upon my hands than common as they suit a preacher just as well as a hero i generally make my sermon out of them and for the text cappadocia pontus and asia phrygia and pamphylia is as good as any one in the bible there is a long dark passage issuing out from the opera comique into a narrow street tis trod by a few who humbly wait for a fiacre or wish to get off quietly afoot when the opera is done at the end of it towards the theatre tis lighted by a small candle the light of which is almost lost before you get half-way down but near the door tis more for ornament than use you see it as a fixed star of the least magnitude it burns but does little good to the world that we know of in returning along this passage i discerned as i approached within five or six paces of the door two ladies standing arm in arm with their backs against the wall waiting as i imagined for a fiacre as they were next the door i thought they had a prior right so edged myself up within a yard or little more of them and quietly took my stand i was in black and scarce seen the lady next me was a tall lean figure of a woman of about thirty-six the other of the same size and make of about forty there was no mark of wife or widow in any one part of either of them they seemed to be two upright vestal sisters unsapped by caresses unbroke in upon by tender salutations i could have wished to have made them happy 
their happiness was destined that night to come from another quarter a low voice with a good turn of expression and sweet cadence at the end of it begged for a twelve sous piece betwixt them for the love of heaven i thought it singular that a beggar should fix the quota of an alms and that the sum should be twelve times as much as what is usually given in the dark they both seemed astonished at it as much as myself twelve sous said one a twelve sous piece said the other and made no reply the poor man said he knew not how to ask less of ladies of their rank and bowed down his head to the ground poor said they we have no money the beggar remained silent for a moment or two and renewed his supplication do not my fair young ladies said he stop your good ears against me upon my word honest man said the younger we have no change then god bless you said the poor man and multiply those joys which you can give to others without change i observed the elder sister put her hand into her pocket i'll see said she if i have a sou a sou give twelve said the supplicant nature has been bountiful to you be bountiful to a poor man i would my friend with all my heart said the younger if i had it my fair charitable said he addressing himself to the elder what is it but your goodness and humanity which makes your bright eyes so sweet that they outshine the morning even in this dark passage and what was it which made the marquis de santerre and his brother say so much of you both as they just passed by the two ladies seemed much affected and impulsively at the same time they both put their hands into their pocket and each took out a twelve sous piece the contest betwixt them and the poor supplicant was no more it was continued betwixt themselves which of the two should give the twelve sous piece in charity and to end the dispute they both gave it together and the man went away the riddle explained paris i stepped hastily after him it was the very man whose success in asking charity of the women before the door of the hotel had so puzzled me and i found at once his secret or at least the basis of it twas flattery delicious essence how refreshing art thou to nature how strongly are all its powers and all its weaknesses on thy side how sweetly dost thou mix with the blood and help it through the most difficult and tortuous passages to the heart
the poor man as he was not straitened for time had given it here in a larger dose tis certain he had a way of bringing it into a less form for the many sudden cases he had to do with in the streets but how he contrived to correct sweeten consenter and qualify it i vex not my spirit with the inquiry it is enough the beggar gained two twelve sous pieces and they can best tell the rest who have gained much greater matters by it paris we get forwards in the world not so much by doing services as receiving them you take a withering twig and put it in the ground and then you water it because you have planted it monsieur le comte de b merely because he had done me one kindness in the affair of the passport would go on and do me another the few days he was at paris in making me known to a few people of rank and they were to present me to others and so on i had got master of my secret just in time to turn these honours to some little account otherwise as is commonly the case i should have dined or supped a single time or two round and then by translating french looks and attitudes into plain english i should presently have seen that i had hold of the couvert of some more entertaining guest and in course should have resigned all my places one after another merely upon the principle that i could not keep them as it was things did not go much amiss i had the honour of being introduced to the old marquis de b in days of yore he had signalised himself by some small feats of chivalry in the cour d'amour and had dressed himself out to the idea of tilts and tournaments ever since the marquis de b wished to have it thought the affair was somewhere else than in his brain he could like to take a trip to england and asked much of the english ladies stay where you are i beseech you monsieur le marquis said i les messieurs anglais can scarce get a kind look from them as it is the marquis invited me to supper monsieur p the farmer-general was just as inquisitive about our taxes they were very considerable he heard if we knew but how to collect them said i making him a low bow i could never have been invited to monsieur p s concerts upon any other terms i had been misrepresented to madame de q as an esprit madame de q was an esprit herself she burnt with impatience to see me and hear me talk 
i had not taken my seat before i saw she did not care a sou whether i had any wit or no i was let in to be convinced she had i call heaven to witness i never once opened the door of my lips madame de v vowed to every creature she met she had never had a more improving conversation with a man in her life there are three epoques in the empire of a french woman she is coquette then deist then devote the empire during these is never lost she only changes her subjects when thirty-five years and more have unpeopled her dominion of the slaves of love she repeoples it with slaves of infidelity and then with the slaves of the church madame de v was vibrating betwixt the first of those epoques the colour of the rose was fading fast away she ought to have been a deist five years before the time i had the honour to pay my first visit she placed me upon the same sofa with her for the sake of disputing the point of religion more closely in short madame de v told me she believed nothing i told madame de v it might be her principle but i was sure it could not be her interest to level the outworks without which i could not conceive how such a citadel as hers could be defended that there was not a more dangerous thing in the world than for a beauty to be a deist that it was a debt i owed my creed not to conceal it from her that i had not been five minutes sat upon the sofa beside her but i had begun to form designs and what is it but the sentiments of religion and the persuasion they had excited in her breast which could have checked them as they rose up we are not adamant said i taking hold of her hand and there is no need of all restraints till age in her own time steals in and lays them on us but my dear lady said i kissing her hand tis too too soon i declare i had the credit all over paris of unperverting madame de v she affirmed to monsieur d and the abbe m that in one half hour i had said more for revealed religion than all their encyclopaedia had said against it i was listed directly into madame de v's coterie and she put off the epoch of deism for two years i remember it was in this coterie in the middle of a discourse in which i was showing the necessity of a first cause when the young comte de fenéant took me by the hand to the farthest corner of the room to tell me my solitaire was pinned too straight about my neck 
it should be plus badinant said the count looking down upon his own but a word monsieur yorick to the wise and from the wise monsieur le comte replied i making him a bow is enough the comte de fainéant embraced me with more ardour than ever i was embraced by mortal man for three weeks together i was of every man's opinion i met pardi ce monsieur yorick a autant d'esprit que nous autres il raisonne bien said another c'est un bon enfant said a third and at this price i could have eaten and drank and been merry all the days of my life at paris but twas a dishonest reckoning i grew ashamed of it it was the gain of a slave every sentiment of honour revolted against it the higher i got the more i was forced upon my beggarly system the better the coterie the more children of art i languished for those of nature and one night after a most vile prostitution of myself to half a dozen different people i grew sick went to bed ordered la fleur to get me horses in the morning to set out for italy end of section twenty two recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey